Welcome to the Rain in Threes podcast with Alan Ray and Mike O'Connell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello and welcome to the ninth edition of Rain in Threes. I'm your host, Mike O'Connell, here with the former John Wooden and AP All-American, Alan Ray. Hey, Ray, what's going on tonight, my friend? What's good, OC? I'm feeling good. Just want to send out a message to Josh Hart. It's just, I just want to borrow a dollar. Just one. <laughs> That's it. You just got paid. I just need a dollar. And we good. <laughs> yeah, man. Can you believe it? I mean, after Dante got the bag, Josh joins him with the Knicks signing a 40-year, $81 million extension. And in total, A-Ray, five years, $94 million. So, so our guy, crazy. Josh, he is... uh. He's set up for the future. You could say that, uh, say the least. So, yeah, really, it's really awesome. Yeah, real happy for him. I'm real happy for uh, for Nova Nation too. We just staying in the news. Yes, constantly, my friend. It's uh, it's it's great, and and the news, a Ray, uh, around the the college sports world, not just college basketball, has to be conference realignment, right? So the Pac-12 sure. has fallen apart. It's crumbled in a matter of seemed like what seemed like hours. Uh, it just was an unbelievable thing to, to witness the Conference of Champions just dissipate the way it did. Is yeah. it too early to use a implode reference? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you absolutely can say that. They they imploded. Yeah. Some some Oppenheimer type of uh, just implosion there. Lots of damage being done to to these. These kids, the fan bases, coaches, donors, you name it. It's it's unbelievable. And the Big 12, the Big 10, you know, the rich get richer in a way. And college football is the reason why this happened. It's not college basketball, I'll tell you that. It's the money that is just completely overwhelming uh, college football compared to any other sport. And basketball is a distant second. But hey, Ray, the Big East. The Big East Conference, Big East basketball is is well intact, my friend. And to be perfectly honest with you, it has a real opportunity to be the premier college basketball conference moving forward because it is the sole conference that is only focused on college hoops. And it's it's pretty awesome because there's no other power conference in college basketball, A-Ray, that does the double round robin format when it comes to league play so every team knows each other knows each other well and every team has that that sort of rivalry type feel when they get together whether it be at home away uh you know sometimes when we'll play at wells fargo off campus on campus you name it it's an exciting time to see that the big east really has an opportunity to flourish here yeah and I agree with you, OC. I was having this conversation not too long ago with one of my friends, and we was talking about we were, first we we was talking about the draft. Like we looked at the draft, and I posted this uh, last week. You look at the numbers of where majority of the players from the draft come come from. The Power Five conferences. You got Pac-12, which is which is gone now, which makes things which makes things interesting. You got Big Ten. Big Ten had now, this is crazy. Big Ten had, like, 10 guys that got drafted, right? 
But we always talk smack about the Big Ten, about how they get into the tournament. They All the teams lose first round. They never show up. But it's interesting to see that the Big Ten had like eight eight people get drafted. So that goes to show you why people think, think high of the Big Ten. And I wasn't one of those people that thought high of the Big Ten. But after looking at the players and the teams that they have there, like you can you can understand why. I still don't think they're bigger in the Big East, but you know I, I I'll give them their props. And then you got the SEC. SEC had like I don't know ten guys or something crazy like that that went to the league. Big East had five guys. ACC had like four or five guys. So the Big East is right there. And I hope people seeing with my tweet like I wanted to kind of emphasize like how good the Big East is but we never get respect you know we're not considered a power five conference or anything like that but we managed to get five guys into the league into the draft now what what I was talking about with my friend is like the same thing you said at some point the NCAA I feel like the NCAA gotta like do a power conference when it comes to basketball like you have to and especially like they doing it with football they want all these good teams to play against each other and it brings in so much money now if you put majority of all the guys who are getting drafted and you got the them in one conference or maybe two conference spread it out and they're going after going after each other every single night the the level of competition is going to be unbelievable like you said i agree with you on that the big east could definitely become a power conference or the premier basketball conference, like you said, I think that's a a great idea. You got all the pros coming out of Power Five conferences, Big East. Like, put these schools together, put these players together in a conference or conferences, and let them play against each other every single night. Like, that's gonna bring money. You're gonna have a ton of views. It's the best basketball. It's gonna be the best probably the best level basketball besides EuroLeague and the NBA if you if you have like a power conference like that in in college basketball. But the only question that comes up with me is like how do you structure the postseason with like all of these teams playing in this one conference? Like do you have to go to a FBS model like they do in football? Or do we stick with the the tourney style? It's kind of it's it's something to think about. Yeah, no, I, you're absolutely right about that, A. Ray. And I I think that there's there's no rhyme or reason why the NCAA would go away from the 68 team field that we have in place right now. I mean, March Madness, it's it's the biggest yeah. money maker there is, and it's 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 three weeks, four weeks of just incredibly fun basketball. You got the upsets, and think about how many people do their March Madness pools, mm-hmm. and how much money is involved in not just not even just that, but gambling. We you know just weekend weekend in weekend out, starting from Thursday all the way through Sunday, all the first round action that gets kicked off at noon and then doesn't finish until you know one two o'clock in the morning. Like that is how they and they just rake it in uh, all these different host cities and venues. It's great for the economy. They're getting tourists there. Like, why the hell would you go to Albany, New York in the middle of March? Oh, because I'm going there for the weekend to watch, like, eight for games sure. of basketball. I mean, that's a great weekend. I I, I I can't even get over 
how much fun March Madness makes places that normally wouldn't be a fun destination to go to. Like even I, I, I went to up to Buffalo in the middle of, of March. It was like, you know, crummy weather, whatever. But I was excited to be there because I was going to the Wintrust Arena to watch some play, play some games. Like it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's way more exciting than college football in my eyes. And really in any other major sport is March Madness. This is the NCAA tournament. Yeah. There's no way, in my opinion, you can get better than that. And I, I understand what you're saying. Maybe the conference tournament would have to be a little bit different if there was like that many more teams. But we saw back when the Big East was 16 teams, they made it work. And they had, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of teams had buys and things like that. But that's that I think is small potatoes in terms of the grand scheme of things. Because this, this season for the Big East is massive, right? And like I said, like th- this opportunity could be taken advantage of if the, the conference chose to be as legitimate as the hype around it has been. So if seven or eight teams from the Big East wind up in the big dance and, and all of a sudden, you mentioned earlier, a bunch of these kids that end up getting drafted in the first and second rounds of the NBA draft, a lot of people are going to be like, I want to go play in the Big East. I want my team, my program, my, my fan base to, to root for a Big East team. Because that's that's the the rivalry, the history of the programs that from top to bottom are in the conference. And you look at what Rick Pitino and Ed Cooley have already done for the likes of St. John's and Georgetown, two historically really impressive programs that haven't been good in, you know, a decade, two decades, even longer for St. John's. You want to return them to the glory days of Lou Carnesecca, Chris Mullen, and then with John Thompson, the first Patrick Ewing back in, you know, the 1984, 1985 years when they were winning championships and losing to Villanova in the championship. But you know what I'm talking about. So I really think that there's a massive, uh, you know, just opportunity potential for some aggressive expansion from the Big East. And they have to make some serious noise this upcoming season if they want to really take advantage and, and catapult themselves into, like you mentioned, the premier college basketball conference. Yeah, and I think I think it definitely can happen. I definitely think it can happen. But let me ask you, the only the only thing I feel with like the premier conference, quote unquote, is like all the teams are gonna be all the really good teams are gonna be in that conference. They're gonna be in that league playing against each other. So there's going to be teams that could be in another conference and be a top one or top two team in another conference, right? Right. So when it all comes down to it, okay, now it's picking teams for the NCAA tournament. So it's like uh, you could have a good team in the in the Big East, but they got a, a terrible record, but they're better than a whole bunch of other teams out there. And, like, y- you can – visually see this like what does the committee do are you gonna not put in and i'm just using the just this name just just to say it like you're not gonna put in like a kansas state because they're in a the premier basketball conference and you're gonna put in like a fordham but we all know that the kansas state is better than this fordham team and in the tourney you know you want your best teams out there so i feel like 
it, it, it's a possibility that it might not be a lot of great teams in the tournament if there is one premier conference, if that makes sense, if, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And, yeah, we don't want to get too caught up into just being, like, one, like, mega Yeah, That's not what we're saying. We're just saying, like, we want college basketball for schools to join the Big East. Yeah. And that's certainly a possibility because we have 11 schools right now that are definitely basketball first. Some of the teams in the Big East don't even have football programs. Or, well, you know, they don't, they're not in Division One. Like for Villanova, for example, we're D1 AA. We have a great program, but it's not, uh, a, it's not an Alabama, Ohio State, yeah, Clemson, Florida kind of thing. So you, you know what we're, what we're talking about when it comes to that. But in terms of just Big East uh, becoming the basketball first conference and having other basketball first schools like, like a Duke or a Carolina or these teams that have historic basketball programs they have that brand name basketball team and not so much football they're going to want to not maybe not put all their eggs in one basket per se but really put their best foot forward when it comes to taking care of their basketball program their fan base and making sure that they have the best level of competition right because they don't want to be playing against these diluted uh teams like you know you look you look at louisville for example yeah they went all in on football that completely backfired and and their football team is like very middle of the road, and now their basketball program is is in the gutter when it comes to the ACC. They, had, I think, they had three, four wins last year. So, and that's not, not that's not what we're we're looking to, to to build the Big East upon is those type of teams. We want the programs that are going to be like, okay, we want basketball to be what we're known for, and that is an opportunity that I think the Big East is really has now garnered. The attention nationally and said, and everyone thinking, even John Rothstein was saying this, people on Twitter, social media, uh, even on, on ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, everybody's talking like, hey, the Big East has a real chance to to put that stamp on themselves as a conference to be like, okay, if you want to focus on basketball first as a school, as a university, and get your athletic program uh, to, to be like, all right, basketball is 1-1-A. We want to go play in the Big East, and I think that that door is certainly open. And if we make some noise this year like we're supposed to, A-Ray, the top six, seven teams who, like you said, might be beating up on each other a little bit, especially if we do get more teams involved and all of a sudden you go 9-9 nine and nine in the Big East, right? You're 500, mm-hmm. and your record is like, you know, you're 20-14, you're and, and you're like, oh, wow, these guys have a – some really quality wins on their resume, but compared to a, a team from another conference that has more wins and is toward the top of the standings there, you know, who do you want to put it? And I'm, I'm not saying that's like a good problem to have, but we've seen it in the past and it's, I think it's been dealt with appropriately. And that's, that's why you, you kind of get those, those teams in the first four to play in Dayton as the 11 seeds, as the, 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 the 10 seeds, the, the, the 12 seeds, excuse me, to get in there and be like, all right, we got to prove ourselves by just winning this one more game, but at least we got this chance. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I would love that to like be able to play or like be in a conference that is like the number one basketball conference and get to play against the best teams and like right. the best players. I would I would love that. Every game I'll be ready. They did that, uh they did that with, with prep schools, you know. Like all the prep schools, they took all the best prep schools and they Put them together and let them yeah. guys play against each other in high school, which I think was a great idea. I think it's time for college to do that too. 
But I just gotta figure out how they gonna structure that. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. But if you pay me, I'll figure it out quick. <laughs> I hear you, man. And um, no, it's 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 certainly a, a fun thing to think about and toy with a little bit when it comes to possible Big East expansion. The rumors have been swirling for now probably a couple months. The possibility of UConn leaving for the Big Twelve. I personally don't think that's going to happen nearly as much as I did maybe even just a couple months ago. I think that they they want to stay in the Big East because of the history they have and the the honest the, the, the benefits that they that they have basketball wise of me. Well, how about so? Oh, how about they need to defend their championship too? Right. Oh, exactly, yeah. man. Don't just get a championship and then try to run out of the Big exactly. East like that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I do have a question for you. If you you could pick more than one team if you want, but uh, a couple teams have been in the mix when it comes to possibly joining the Big East as that 12th team. Uh, we're at 11 right now, obviously, but always room for maybe one more, maybe possibly three more to make it to keep it an even number so we can keep that double round robin uh, format in in play for, for conference uh, games. And I, I want to hear your thoughts. So a couple teams that, that, that come to mind, uh, you know, Gonzaga was, has been in the mix. A team like Dayton from the Atlantic 10. And obviously, when it comes to basketball-centric schools like a Duke or a Carolina, you would definitely want them in there. But I, I want to hear your thoughts in terms of who do you think the Big East should target, Gonzaga, the, you know, some of these West Coast teams. It's it's tough. So what, I just want to hear your thoughts. All right. So I definitely like Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga would be – that would be a good move for them to come to the Big East. Definitely, I would give Butler the boot. What? But, <laughs> but Butler, maybe DePaul too. <laughs> get them, get them out of there. Wow. And then let, we could we could get two more good teams in. I mean, I'm not saying that these guys are not good. It's business, guys. It's business. We talking business here, okay? So. I would love a Duke and a North Carolina, but I just feel like they just will never leave the ACC. I just feel like they just got so much pride with the ACC, they would never leave it. Or somebody would try to just, I don't know, make the ACC a good league and or keep it around. But I would love to have Duke and North Carolina bees. Um, Gonzaga, and if I could pick any other school to join the Big East, Man, Memphis. Yeah, Memphis is Memphis is doing pretty good right now. Memphis is not not a bad a bad option. Or oh, Houston. Nah, Houston's Big Twelve now, so we got. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thing. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I I I like that Memphis. I I gotta think. I got I gotta I gotta think because Big East is a certain style of play. No, we can't no. just come in there and you go you get you'll get tossed up. Well that's the thing though. It is the big east, right? So having Gonzaga come from all the way from Washington State and the West Coast is, is definitely a little bit tough. Uh it would be it would be kind of brutal on the on the students sometimes when it comes to travel, uh, which is the unfortunate aspect of things because like we got when we got Creighton, it was like, Okay, wow, these 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 students are gonna have to travel to Omaha, Nebraska, halfway across the country, right? Yeah. You've got to basically double that 
if you're going to, to Gonzaga and vice versa when Gonzaga comes to the East Coast. So that, I don't know if it's necessarily feasible. Would it be awesome just basketball, strictly basketball competition-wise? Yes. The Bulldogs are one of the best programs of the last decade, decade and a half, even two decades, going back to the days of Adam Morrison. Mark Few, you could argue, is one of the best coaches in all yeah. of college basketball at this point. And it would certainly be a lot of fun to to get those get a Villanova Gonzaga game in, you know, twice a year because we talked about this last episode, A Ray, back in 2017-18 season when we won it won it all. We played Gonzaga in December at the Garden, and it was the first time I think they had ever played. And it was an opportunity for fans to to watch a Gonzaga team that plays at 10, 11 o'clock at night, and no one no one's really staying up to watch the WCC. So uh, it could be a lot of fun on, you know, in theory on paper, but certainly logistics wise, a difficult, uh, you know, decision to move forward with. Man, these guys are flying private right now. That travel won't be no problem. <laughs> that travel won't be no problem. They'll be good. Get that NIL money for travel, right? Yeah, they'll be good. And it's not like they need to get back to campus because they got to study or, they got something to do like that. Trust me, nobody is going in their room after a game when you get home and opening up a textbook. It's just not happening. Right, exactly. Yeah, so it's good. Travel is cool. And um, so moving on from the conference realignment because that is certainly something that we're going to kind of keep our eyes on moving forward. The Big East, I think, knows what exactly it has to do when it comes to having a really successful year, putting a lot of teams in the big dance, getting that recognition in the NBA draft by producing some pros. But we've already produced a decent amount of pros coming from Villanova, and one of them we mentioned before just got paid, Josh Hart, and he is on Team USA along with Jalen Brunson and Mikel Bridges. And the three of those guys uh, defeated Puerto Rico 117-74 the other day in their first exhibition, and they had two more games coming up against Slovenia on the 12th and Spain, who was the number one ranked team on the 13th. So, Slovenia obviously has Luka Doncic, so that'll be fun. Jalen Brunson's old teammate. But uh, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, if you if you were able to, to kind of catch some highlights, watch the game a little bit about how Brunson looked out there, how Bridges looked out there, and Josh Hart uh, eating his PB&J on the bench. <laughs> that boy Josh Hart always eating. Like, he always got something in his hand. About to put it in his mouth. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I watched the highlights and everything. Um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like to watch once the lights is on. It's still it's still early, but I seen some highlights. I think Brunson looked good. I mean, they're really looking for him to be the leader of that team, as any coach probably would. And then uh, it's it's just great having Hart and and Bridges there. I saw some highlights of them too. Those guys feed off each other. They know they know each other. I think I literally think that the Nova guys can lead this team with some of the veteran guys like um, Portis. But I, I I think I think Nova guys can really do a good job leading this team. Obviously, it's international competition, so it's a little different, and you got to get used to it. But you know, if these guys stay the course, you know, stay locked in, 
communicate with each other, all that good stuff. You know, I think I think it'll be great. But you can't sleep on these teams now. I mean, I played in Europe for what twelve years or something, mm -hmm. something like that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of good players. I've had plenty of guys that I've played with make it to the pros. Like I played with uh, Yusef Nurkic. He's yep. with uh, is he still with the Blazers now? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, he was on he was on my team. Uh, I played with Daniel Tice, who was with the Celtics. Uh, I played against Dario Saric. So I played against a lot of guys. I mean, I could keep going on and on and on. Um, Gallinari, when I first got to, to Italy, he was a young boy. Dumped on my big man. So crazy. Man. <laughs> But the competition is in uh, Europe is getting much better. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of good guys out there, a lot of good teams, a lot of good coaching, a lot of good training now. So that that game against Slovenia should be good. France, Spain, like those teams are always good. So it's going to be a challenge. I'm happy that it's going to be competitive. It's not like '92 Dream Team where they're going to go out and just <laughs> kill everybody. I don't right. expect I don't expect that to happen. But I expect it to be more more games um going around into this to this tony but i'm i'm definitely excited for it and you know anytime villanova's doing anything in the news i'm i'm happy about it good or bad absolutely and brunson had a nice double double 11 points 12 boards and three apples to go along with it bridges had 14 hart didn't actually play against puerto rico he was too busy yeah. eating his sandwich but um this weekend, I'm looking forward to, to seeing the Wildcats back in action, and I think it'll be uh, a lot of fun when it comes to the the like you said the the news presence surrounding the Wildcats. And Bill Raftery was calling the game the other night and was like, "Oh, I well, I wonder uh, where these guys were coached. Uh, I don't think they, did, they had such a good coach in in college hoops. Obviously, throwing a little bit of a dig at Coach Wright. So that was uh, always funny to see Raff on the call for for some Villanova guys. So uh, positive vibes surrounding the FIBA World Cup team and with Hart, Brunson, and uh, and Bridges really being the focus, the heart and soul of that Team USA group, it's been fun. And uh, it was honestly a lot of fun too, A-Ray. I don't know if you, how, how much you saw of it, but all the guys at Jalen Brunson's wedding, you know, where was your invite, right? It seemed like half the team from the last, you know, I guess 2016, 2018 teams were there, and they showed up in style. So that was great to see uh, the the Wildcats showing out. Now that looked great. They, it looked like they had tons of fun. Yeah, I, I am jealous. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> I wish I was there, but it looked like them guys had a ton of fun. Like I said, man, it's just great seeing like Nova in the news all the time, and it, it it's even more great to see these guys off the court. Like bonding. Usually mm -hmm. we always see them on the court or after the game in the press room. But we actually got to see these guys like off the court, like in their element, which was which was cool. Yeah, no, it's it's great to see and it really shows you the the bond that these players have had and they're not even they're not even just, you know, teammates. They're they're, you know, best friends and that's mm -hmm. that's what they are and uh, it, it definitely shows that the the culture that they were a part of at Villanova has has now completely transcended those you know three four years that they were at school and now has continued to to really be 
a, a main part of their life and to continuing to keep in touch with all these guys. It's a beautiful thing to see. And I, I honestly think that that's pretty unique when it comes to a college basketball program. I don't see uh, a, a lot of these, these weddings going on. If, you know, say if Jason Tatum was, you know, was getting married, I don't think too many Duke guys would go to that one. Maybe for sure a, a couple of them, but you know, I'm not trying to take a shot at Jason Tatum, but I just think it's the cultural difference of the programs uh, of being, you know, close, like, you know, very familial in nature. Uh, you know, we talked about that all the time, especially like you mentioned last episode when you were out up in Notre Dame and playing Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. You guys, Villanova, had a Villanova family up there. They took you in, you know, we hooked you guys up with some dinner and uh, it just felt like a great environment to be around. And that's that's what Villanova University brings. The basketball program is, I think, a, a microcosm of that community type feel that we have as uh, an alumni network, as students, as, uh, you know, family members, you know, if say, like my, my grandmother, for example, did not go to Villanova, but she, it seems like she did just based on how much she loves the program, how much she, she knows and, and, and the, the connections that she has as well. So it's, yeah. uh, it's something that is extremely different, uh, in, in the best way possible from, from most, or I would say 99% of, of programs in not just college basketball, but college sports in general. I can't tell you how many times I talk to former players and I'll ask them like, hey, do you still keep in contact with such and such? Or when's the last time you talked to such and such? Oh, I don't talk to him or I ain't talked to him in years. I literally, within like the past two months, like I've spoken to Kyle, Randy, Jason, and Curtis, like my whole class. So what you were saying is real. We, like, you establish a bond here, like, with your teammates. And I think you can see it is with, like, how the classes are. Like, you look at how Jalen and all these guys are now. That's kind of like their class. And those guys that they went to war with and they battle with, and, like, you can see how close they are. Um, I feel the same way about, like, Randy and these guys, like we were, we were close just like that, and we continue. I don't know, we're old as hell right now, but we <laughs> we continue to like to this day to still talk to each other after after all these years. And I, I love Villanova for that, you know, um, teach you the importance about relationships, and like these are really your brothers. Like those are those are my my brothers for life forever. So. Yeah, yeah, what you said, what you said is really, is really strong and really true about Villanova and and how we carry ourselves. No doubt, the the amount of genuine human connections you you make at Villanova, whether you're uh, just a, a regular old student like me or a student athlete, a coach, uh, an alumni, no matter what it is, you're gonna make those connections with people you know older, younger, uh, in 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 other walks of life with each other and it's it's a beautiful thing to be a part of and i'm you know i'm damn proud to be to be a villanova wildcat alumni and that's you know part of the main reason why uh you know we're doing this here today and moving forward because we we care so much not just about the program but about the university and just what what the, the amount of joy and positive interactions that it's brought us and is going to continue to do so once we kind of continue to make connections I mean, anyway, we have we have yet to even meet each other in person, 
But here we are. I feel like I, I've known you for years, my friend. So it's, it's for sure. been very cool. For sure. That that alumni, I'm proud to be part of that alumni too. I kid you not, a couple of years ago, I'm I'm in the gym in, in Georgia. I'm in Alpharetta. I'm at a gym. And I'm in the gym and there's this old guy. He's just like, he just keeps looking at me and I'm just like, like he started making me uncomfortable with how much he's staring at me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, he comes up to me. He's like, he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Alan. He's like, and he's like, Alan Ray. And I'm like, yeah. He was like, from Villanova? I was like, yeah. He's like, man, I went to Villanova. Uh, I'm such and such class. I don't remember. I remember his name was Jerry. I think it's Jerry White. Mm-hmm. And he and we were just going back and forth. Memories about Villanova. Big basketball fan. Uh, we talked about my class and, and the national championships. And then I want to say a couple of days later, we ended up at this restaurant. It's called Mad Italian out oh. here in Georgia. And it's yeah. the best cheese steaks. I've ever had out here. I'm not going to say ever have. But, <laughs> right, right. But here in Georgia. So it, he basically was like, if you like cheesesteaks, I got a spot out here where it'll taste like, like Philly, like back home. But the, just the alumni network, like I just, I'm just in the gym chilling and somebody recognized me from Villanova. So it's, I love it. I just, I just love the contacts network. You never know who you're going to meet. It's, it's unbelievable. Exactly right. And I, I was uh, leaving work uh, yesterday and uh, I was talking to some of these kids uh, that had just graduated. They, and I think they work at Deloitte now. They were touring the SiriusXM studios and they were asking me a couple questions because I was literally, I was leaving to go back down the elevator with them to go, to, to, to go back to the lobby. And they were asking me, like, oh, look, so how long you worked here? I'm like, oh, it's my first job out of college. You know, so and so. Oh, where did you go to school? I'm like, oh, I, I went to Villanova. He's like, oh, I went to Villanova too. I'm like, oh, no way. Damn. I was, and he was like, oh, so when did you graduate? I was like, 2020. He's like, oh, you, you were there for the championship. It's so cool, man. Like, and I was like, yeah, dude. I, I was wearing my reigning threes hat, and I was like, dude, you got to check it out. Give us a follow. And he was able to do that. So shout out to Brandon. I hope you're listening. And uh, you know, like like we talked about, a right that Villanova connection. No matter where you are, it's going to come find you, and it's going to be a positive thing. Really, no matter what, so it's, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It is can't can't overlook that, man. Like you said, not a lot of places, not a lot of colleges mm-hmm. that you can say that about. No doubt about it. And hey, Ray, the thing is, uh, in you know, in November Thanksgiving weekend, Villanova, the Nova Nation, everybody's going to be piling into the Bahamas to go watch the Wildcats play in the battle for Atlanta's tournament. Uh, part of the non-conference schedule, which is completely loaded. We went over it uh, to basically the best of our abilities last week. We'll continue to dissect it as we get closer to the season. More things happen in terms of, you know, dates and times getting released. But the battle for Atlanta's field alone is pretty impressive. Uh, we're playing Texas Tech in that first game. And I'm honestly fired up just for that rematch of the 2018 Elite Eight game we had against the Red Raiders when we beat them by 12 to go to the Final Four. So that was a, a ton of fun looking back on on that matchup. But boy, I mean, we have an opportunity here to to rack up some really impressive wins because if we be, are able to beat Texas Tech, A-Ray, 
the winner of North Carolina and Northern Iowa is waiting for us. Uh, we're going to play that game if we do get by the Red Raiders on November 23rd, which is, in fact, Thanksgiving at noon sharp, my friend. That will be on ESPN. So could you imagine if we can somehow defeat the Red Raiders and the Carolina Tar Heels get past Northern Iowa, a rematch of the 2016 title game in November? I mean, wouldn't that just be freaking unbelievable? Nah, it would be great. Definitely love playing against those guys. And uh hope Raph don't call that game. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I always take shots at Raph. I just that's my guy though. Of course. But uh yeah, I want to see if I could get down there to uh to that Tony. Cause like you said, it's gonna be stacked, gonna be a lot of good teams, gonna be a lot of good games. I wanna see if I could get out there. We should we should we should try. That would be incredible, man, if we get the the raid in threes podcast live from the Bahamas or Battle for Atlantis, but that means that we got to do some serious damage down there, man. I, I'm hoping that we can win at least two games, get to that championship game, and just, you know, be like, okay, we got here, we we made a statement, and that's what matters. But I, I want to hear your thoughts, A-Ray. Do you, do you think we have what it takes to beat Texas Tech? beat Carolina, and then in all likelihood beat Arkansas or Memphis or Michigan. I mean, do you think that that this team is going to be able to do that this early in the season? Listen, we got a pretty good team, and I'm not just saying that just to to be to be biased. Right. We got we got Mark Armstrong. Like this dude can start anywhere. And he is a possibility that he comes off the bench for us. We got <laughs> I mean, Eric, Eric Dixon, he's, he, you know, he can score 30. We've watched him do that. We've watched his growth. And, and, and this is another thing that hasn't been mentioned. Um, Dixon's growth, we've watched his growth year after year after year. And this is another year for him to improve. You know, he's been improving every single year. So I'm really looking forward to see the adjustments he's made in his game and the little little things that he added into his game for this season. Then you got Justin Moore. I mean, he's the vet. Like, he he's the vet. He knows the biggies inside out. And we, we know what we're going to get from Justin Moore. We had a 70% Justin Moore last year, and he was good for us. So we're going to get 100% Justin Moore this year. Um, I've been talking with some guys back at um, Villanova, Mamba's like he's the real deal. He can he can score the ball, like he's a really good scorer. So I'm really excited about it, and I expect these guys. I will hope these guys go to the championship. Like that's that's what I want, especially in the preseason tournament like that. You set your you 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 um how can I say it? You uh set the the standard right away. Right, yeah. Like for the for the season. And 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 how you gonna play, how you gonna come out, how you how you gonna determine what we gonna do this year as players, as coaches. So I would love to see that. That's a the perfect opportunity, especially how we finished last year. It's the perfect opportunity to like get us right back on on board to where we need to be. So me, I wanna I wanna go to the chip. I wanna see them go to the chip. 
Absolutely. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think it's a tall task, especially, you know, coming in the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, they're not going to have many games under their belt uh, playing together uh, at, at that point, and it, it's going to be tough. But I will say this. If they're able to get by Texas Tech and beat a North Carolina team that's a projected, according to Joe Lunardi, shout out our guy Joey Brackets, who gave us a nice retweet over the weekend, they're projected four seed. So they're not like what we're necessarily used to in terms of Carolina being at the cream of the crop, being the top five team, but they're legit, and they're going to be ranked all year long, and they'll they'll go, they'll wind up in the big dance. Uh, the Hubert Davis-led team was definitely a bit of a disappointment last year, but I think they'll be back to their 2022 vibe when they went all the way to the final, uh, only to lose to the champion Kansas Jayhawks. And I think, hey, Ray, if we're going to be able to beat Texas Tech and go to Carolina, I'm happy. Uh, then, right, like we said, it doesn't matter what happens in that championship then because it's like, all right, we've already proven that we can be this good. We can beat these top-ranked teams. And this early, setting that standard, like you mentioned, that early in the season in November, I mean, that is would be an incredible feat for this, this team full of veterans. But they don't have a lot of experience playing each other in terms of the, the four transfers and including, uh, you know, three starters in all likelihood, right? Bamba, yeah. Art, Burton, and all likelihood will be starters, the three of them, if they remain healthy and if they live up to their expectations. Armstrong, Dixon, Moore, guys that have experience playing each other. Housing, we saw him hit 73 pointers in a row. The, 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 this guy, the Honorio Assassin, is unbelievable, and he could seriously pop off and takes and takes his team to the next level in terms of being that long range threat. So this if, is what I'm saying. If this team's able to 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 put it together that quickly, A Ray, then I think the entire Big East, the entire country has to be put on notice when it comes to the dealing with these Wildcats because boy, that would be an impressive feat to go down to the Bahamas and win win yourselves your third battle for Atlantis championship. And then we got Longino coming up the bench. Mm -hmm. He was hurt last year. Whether y'all want to agree with me or not, you can tell <laughs> he just wasn't himself and he was battling injuries all year long. Like that dude is, I don't know if y'all have ever seen him in person, but like he's, he's a big dude. Like he's, he's a big guy. We got, we got some nice pieces coming up the bench. Like you said, we got a nice starting five. I think I'm ready. I, I think we could beat these teams. I'm, I'm just going to keep it 100 with you. I just feel like there's a lot of, how can I say it? The program wants to get back to where they want to be at, where, where they was before. So it's going to be this year, like the, they they gonna be moving to try to get to where they need to be. Yeah, there's a, there's a real sense of urgency, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why that's why I feel comfortable. That's why I feel like they're gonna be pretty good. Like they got the pieces. They got some really good guys. Like this there's some really good guys. And I like the way that like if you look at Villanova's offense, like if you know how to play, 
it, it it's great if you have great basketball iq you know how to make the best reads right make the right reads then that offense is great and with the players that we have it can it can get scary if guys are really on the same page and really out there like tuned in and like you said with the chemistry i feel like these guys are veterans so like to sit here and say that it's not going to be a factor, I'll be lying, but I don't think chemistry is going to be the factor. Okay. These guys are older. They know how to play. Okay. You know, it's, it's a big difference, like, knowing how to play and, like, not knowing how to play. So I got you. And I, I think they'll learn quicker, too, because they're obviously they're older. And it seems like everybody's bought in, including the, the four transfers, uh, Jordan Dumont as well, who, you know, in all likelihood, might redshirt, but that's mm-hmm. that's okay because he's going to be a dog working his his rear end off in practice and pushing everybody to to, to their limit. And he loves it there. Oh yeah, no, just from all of the tape I've seen from practice, from workouts, these guys are getting after it. They're locked in and they are fired up to be competing against one another because they're bringing it every single day. You know that firsthand. That's what Villanova basketball demands from you. Uh, nothing short of excellence, having that positive attitude, not just on the court, but off the court as well, in life, in the classroom, however you want to say it, no matter the situation, you're going to need to do that if you're going to want to excel as a Wildcat. And these four guys, I've heard nothing, nothing but excellent things about their character, about their will to win, and about their uh, willingness to buy into what this program is really all about. And to be perfectly honest with you, it's winning, right? And that, that, that is the number one thing. Sure, you could say, oh, you know, it's attitude, but I, I really think the the ability to win, get something positive out of every single day, every single practice, every single play, every single minute that you're out there on the court, that's what these guys have, have been proving, proving themselves to do elsewhere. And now all, to, all together, it's almost like the perfect concoction of players has really now joined forces to, to become uh, almost a, a super team of sorts when it comes to, to the transfers and dealing with veterans like Moore and Dixon with a mix of young guys like Brennan Housen, Jordan Longino, Mark Armstrong, who we've seen nothing but incredible things from this offseason playing for the, the U19 team in for Team USA. So it's just like the it seems like it's a perfect storm of, of, of players, of attitudes, of skill sets right, really have come together here on the main line and this 2023-24 season, it really has the potential to be one that puts that, not not only that that stamp that we talked about they put out in 2018, but the new age college basketball stamp with the, with the landscape surrounded with transfer portals, with with, with NIL money deals, the, the things that we were worried about Villanova not being able to survive with, and now all of a sudden they're turning that into a weapon, turning that into a tool to make their program stronger than ever before. So it's really it's really an opportunity for for the program to 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 lift themselves up out of the the 17 and 17 rut that they found themselves in last season losing that first round of the NIT to getting back in the mix possibly winning the battle for Atlantis the third time beating programs like Texas Tech, North Carolina, Arkansas, Memphis, Michigan whoever makes that championship game and if they're able to do that A Ray, I think we are going to be licking our chops being like I can't wait for Big East play to start because if we if we're able to get that done early, the confidence level 
the the, the intensity that these guys are going to have moving forward, coming going into January in, into 2024 is going to be sky high, and it's really going to be a scary team. And nobody in the Big East is going to want to play the Wildcats. Yeah, I'm I'm real confident in these guys, and I like all of these guys' skill set. Like each of these guys have like a, a skill set where they can do multiple things. I'm the only guy that's probably not going to be stepping out, shooting threes, and getting to the lane, dumping off is is where. Right. Know? But everybody else can do that on some level, even even Dixon, you know, from, from the five spot. He can get by his man, and we've seen him make some passes, get some assists. So I'm telling you, experience, skill set, and just like I just feel like it got to be a will to win that's like the atmosphere has got to be at Villanova this year. I'm not saying that they don't have one, but like that's gotta that's gotta be the the mindset going going forward out throughout the whole year. Like win, like by any any means necessary. <laughs> yes, put it all out on the floor. And you mentioned Eric Dixon as being, uh, you know, we of course we talked about him being a, a possible stretch for this upcoming season taking more shots from the outside. I saw a picture of him he posted today on Instagram, A. Ray. He looks skinny, man. He looks very, he looks very, I'm not going to say, you know, too skinny, but he looks very fit, looks very svelte. And I, I think it's going to really help his, I guess, his speed and agility on the court. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to tell you the truth about that. In the summertime, everybody is skinny. Every okay. guy loses weight. Even even me, like I was, I was the same way. Even you, <laughs> for real. It's just, and, and it's like, once you come back to campus, you got the cafeteria, campus corner, like you just got all this food in your face. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard during the season to stay, to keep that summer shape, you know. But I appreciate E putting in that work. That's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to put that work in, and get right. But Hopefully he can uh he can keep that he stay that trim during the season. But we don't want E to be that trim. Right. That that slim. You know we need you to bump and bruise down low. So cheese steak here and there's not bad. <laughs> well remember he, he's sticking to the salmon salads, right? You know, he's not eating those wings, man. But he, maybe you got those wings to go <laughs> like we talked about. <laughs> oh my god, that was hilarious. Uh it's all time, man. Nah, but yeah, I, I definitely see E putting that work. I love seeing guys in the summertime putting that work all the time. Like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Get out there, get right. Mm-hmm. Well, you, uh, you're, what, you're traveling up to Philly from Atlanta uh, at the end of next month, right? So you'll you'll have your finger on the pulse. I'm excited to hear uh, what, what info you get, what intel you get, and how uh, everybody is feeling, everybody's looking, and what the mindset is. Uh, closer to the program so that'll be a lot of fun as well because we know being up close and personal that's when you know you get that vibe right you could you could talk to people on the phone you could text things like that that's all great uh, and that's how we've gotten a lot of our intel and information uh thus far but it's great to be there in person as well yeah definitely and uh always good to be back i haven't gone back since before the pandemic so right. it's been it's been a while, so it's definitely gonna be feel good to get back. I'm going to a little fundraising event, so I'm gonna work on 
my swing a little bit. Yeah. Don't want to embarrass myself. Get back to top golf. For sure. I'm gonna have a Buddha. I'm gonna have a back brace on. Yeah. Under my shirt so nobody can see it. I need that. Uh-huh. Got some body armor on. Yeah. Nah, but it'll be fun. Those events are always fun. Um the fundraising at Nova. Twenty fifth. I'll give you guys more details. Yeah. And well on, uh, on on X. All right. Not, not Twitter anymore. No longer Twitter. Right. Jeez. Unbelievable. And Thing is, too, uh, we're going to be having some events of our own, A-Ray. We were talking a little bit about this before the show, but just keep your eyes peeled uh, for some meet and greets, for some live recording sessions, whether it be on campus at Wells Fargo Center or, you know, possibly at a at a place, a restaurant, a bar up here in, uh, in New York City. So we're going to we're going to make sure we we get out and, and, and really spread the word about the podcast, about the program. And you guys will be able to, to hopefully meet. The great A-Ray in person as well. So uh, exciting stuff. Just brainstorming between myself, A-Ray, and our guy, Nick McGow, behind the glass. And it's uh, it's a fun time to be a Vill- Villanova basketball fan and even more fun to be hosting a podcast with a Villanova basketball legend, A-Ray. So it's, um, it's good times, and I'm really looking forward to what we've got uh, going on in terms of momentum we're starting to create here on Rain and Threes. Yeah, for sure. Just... uh. You know, keep pumping it out. And I can't wait for the season to start. You know, you guys, you, we, we already know how the, how the season get. I miss. I can't wait for that first in Neptune tweet. <laughs> Anything about Neptune, that's when I know, like, okay, like, we here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's time now. But it's, it's, it's real fun. And uh, definitely appreciate everybody that tunes in and, and listens. And we got, trust me, we do have a lot, a lot more, but it's kind of the off season now. So kind of keeping it copacetic. Right. But stay tuned. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. We'll, we'll get into to some more of the t- class of 2024 recruiting, uh, you know, in the next couple of episodes, it's just something that that's kind of been, been lingering around. We have, of course have yet to land anybody, but we're hoping to, to kind of keep keep some tabs on these these top players. I would say one guy to look out for the class of 2024, which I think is a really a realistic option. He just visited the other day is Sir Muhammad. Uh, I think this kid is is he's a Villanova type of, of of person, not just player. So if you guys want to check him out, I think he is in all likelihood uh the best option in terms of like a realistic landing spot. Um and because we're gonna need it, right, A Ray? These yeah. These four transfers that we have this year, Akeem Hart is in his last year of eligibility. Tyler Burton is in the same boat. TJ Bamba has two more years and one more year after this current one, but we're obviously hoping that he does so well that he goes to the league after this season, uh, whether it be through the drafts or uh, he signed a contract like uh, our guy Jermaine Samuels did. Um, but so it's, it's, it's certainly something to keep your eye on recruiting. We're going to get into that, uh, as the summer rolls along. So don't think we're just going to be skipping over that, that aspect of the program. It's, it's obviously very important and we're going to continue to, uh, to, to keep tabs and keep our, our finger on the pulse when it comes to that. But, um, I would not get your hopes up too, too much about landing like a Jalil Bethea. We've mentioned his name before in the past. This guy is a really, really high-level recruit, and everybody is chomping at the bit to get him. 
So if we lose out on him, it's not the end of the world, Nova fans. And A-Ray, you're making that money sign because that's what it's going to have to take. But I'm here to tell you right now, A-Ray, we have $3 million in NAL money every year for the program. So that's not too bad. And if, if we don't reach that $3 million, then we have three, three or four donors who literally have said, we're going to step up no matter what it takes to make sure we reach that $3 million goal. So say we get to 1.5 mil, they're going to make up the difference and raise another 1.5 mil to make sure we get to that $3 million threshold. So the program's in a great spot when it comes to NIL and credit to those donors um, that are really making a, a massive impact on on Villanova basketball on and off the court. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely an exciting time uh, to, to think that even just a couple years ago when we were like, oh my gosh, this transfer portal NIL stuff is really going to going to screw with the program but here we are and we're we're right sitting pretty where we need to be so uh a very uh very i guess it's a relaxing thing to hear a rec yeah it is it is oc it is and uh yeah just shout out to our guy jermaine samuels who is now teammates with cam whitmore in houston so uh i'm gonna be a big knicks fan this year for sure a ray but um i'm definitely gonna be Tuning in to some Houston Rockets games as well to, to check in on our guys, Jermaine and Kent. For sure. You know, uh, Coach Pinkney is over there too. He's, That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Good call, man. He was the he he was the scout that told me that Houston really liked Jermaine. Yes. Yeah. I remember you had that. So I, I, I knew him tell. I knew he was getting picked up. They 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 love they love Mano. I mean, how can you not love him? How could you not love Mado? He's the best. He's. I remember uh, Coach Wright said when uh, when when Jermaine was a a junior, um, and I was a senior. He was like, if he was like, if you were to have a daughter, you would want Mano to marry your daughter. Like that's the type of guy that he. Because he's so nice, right? No, he's the best. He's the best. He can talk to anybody about anything. I mean, he's got like an artistic side to him. Um, you know, he, he me and him definitely had a lot of laughs. Uh, back when we were in college together. So really a, just a stand-up guy and, and a heck of a basketball player, too, as we know. But that's true. Coach Wright used to tell me that all the time. He used to be like, Mano is too nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he, used to, he used to say this all the time. He's like, Mano is too nice, like that guy. He's too nice. But then, and, and he used to tell me this during the season because I, I, I talked to Coach Wright. Like, we, we, we be talking. And during the season, he's telling me this, and then... They get to the tournament, and we remember how Mano played in the tournament. Oh. Mano was on a whole different level. He was in a different gear. And that's what Coach Wright was talking about. Like, Mano can do that anytime he wanted to. But, like, sometimes he just – he was just too nice about it. But I'm happy that uh, he's with he's with Houston. He's gonna he's one of those glue guys. Like, uh, Josh Hart, just do everything. Whatever you need, like, he's going to do it. That's why I I, I I like I love Mano, thousand percent. And yeah, he was he was swatting everything out of his way. He was posterizing people. He was draining threes uh, in that twenty twenty two Final Four run, which was a uh, more than a blast to watch him. And he's earned his stripes. Uh, he's going to be down with with Houston and the Rockets alongside Cam Whitmore. So definitely keep your eyes peeled and and, and try to catch some Rocket games as well, because uh, not just the Knicks, but the Rockets as well in terms of a Villanova takeover. So uh, the Wildcats in the NBA, they're for real, and they're here to stay, Alan. 
Listen, y'all gonna stop doing my old guy Kyle like that too, because he's still in the league, all right? Oh, hey, oh, come on, man. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not leaving him out. I'm always I've been watching Kyle since since he was, you know, first in the league with the with the Grizzlies, man. So, you know, don't don't get it twisted. Yeah, don't remind me about that because I went to Memphis and this dude um signed a contract for way more money than I did and <laughs> somehow ended up getting me to buy him some clothes when he went out. <laughs> Yeah, thought that is hilarious. Yo, don't ask me. That's that's Kyle Lowry for you. That's Kyle Lowry in that show. <laughs> Dude is making way more money than me, but Yo. still, I gotta buy him stuff, and I still did it. That's Kyle Lowry. Well, maybe you're too nice too, A Ray. If you're out here buying him stuff, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You and Mado got a lot in common, my friend. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that. Like it was yesterday. Yeah, we played Memphis. Oh man, that's that's great. It's, you, you, got, you got so many stories. We're we're just you know just at the surface right now is with some of these uh, these great memories and stories you have, whether it be games, personal experiences with guys, man. So I'll, I'm excited to continue to to delve into that as we go along because uh, it's always a blast here uh, chopping up with Deion Ray and Therese, right? Yeah, and it's the off air stories that you got to hear too. So oh, we yeah. gotta we definitely got to oh yeah link up link up to get those stories out but yeah yeah I, I got i got a lot and it usually just comes to me like when we do these podcasts like stuff just be jumping up into my memory so mm -hmm. i'll make sure i get it out and like talk about that because everybody loves to hear those those kind of stories and i love hearing those stuff from other players too so i try to remember to to get those out and and tell tell these stories anytime it comes to my mind Sir, because we got a lot of good ones. Oh my goodness, endless amounts uh, of content, man, and that it's it's really it's been a ton of fun. Just nine episodes in, a Ray. Uh, we had our first technical issue tonight, but we were due for it. We overcame it, and uh, here we are. We had another great episode, and I uh, just want to appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, we're gonna have more things coming for you. We have uh, some merch, as you can see. I got to ship uh, the, the hats to. I got yours right here. And, I, and Slick Nick, I got yours as well. So you guys will get yours, your lids, Rain 3's lids, sooner rather than later. And everybody listening, we're going to have polos, T-shirts, quarter zips, hats, beanies, you name it, man. Uh, Rain 3's fever is coming to you soon. For sure. And uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but my voice was a little choppy. I had to cough bad as hell, and I was holding it. I'm talking about my eyes started watering. Like, yeah, like, yo, it was like burning. Yeah. So, if you hear me like coughing and like sniffling, it's good for that. Like, I was, right. I was holding that, man. Slick's got it. Slick's got our back, man. He's gonna make sure it sounds crisp and clean. So you you could have coughed all you wanted, and it wouldn't sound any different. So you don't have to to kill yourself and try to hold in a cough next time, bro. All right. I, I know that for next time, like. I'm, I'm new to this. I'm new to this. And I literally was just killing myself. Just <laughs> You were. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, but I appreciate the dedication, man. That's what it's all about. Go back to, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 15 minutes. My eyes is watering as <laughs> hell. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, an absolute pleasure to be here with you, uh, Alan. Rain and threes. Rain and threes. We uh we just dropped episode nine. We'll be coming back 
with the 10th edition uh, very soon. And uh, keep it, keep posted. Keep keep that support going on Twitter, on Instagram. You guys are the best. We appreciate you uh, so much. And uh, just, yeah, keep tuning in. Keep giving us that love and support because we'll know the basketball season will be in here in no time. Love you guys. Definitely appreciate you guys tuning in. And stay up to date on X. Oh, yeah. Formerly known as Twitter. That's right. That's right. Lots of changes going on, but here we are. With Alan Ray, I'm your host, Mike O'Connell. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great one. Peace out, Nova Nation.